Hello, this is the Alchemist Inkwell. It is your spiritual podcast for grounded people who have their microphones set up the way they want before they start recording, which is not me today. My bad. <laughs> well, I don't even have my microphone today, so it's okay. You're already doing better than me. I'm Emily. <laughs> I'm Crystal Lynn, and today we are really speaking of grounding, getting everything kind of back on track and feeling like we're moving forward, but also keeping things in mind. I had this tweet the other day that was super channeled. So I'm probably going to draw that into our astrology as well, because this week Mercury is direct. However, Saturn is retrograde and that's not, um, right. (laughs) Mercury being direct is great. All of the, the stuff day to day is going to feel a lot more like, yep, we got this. We're moving again. Efficiency is back on the menu, but Saturn is reminding us. And this is how the tweet came out the other day was write it down because being forgotten is one thing, but being rewritten by memory is entirely another. And I posted it on Twitter because I wanted to leave that open to everybody's interpretation of, you know, like there's so many ways you could take that, (laughs) but it is important as we're going into this time to make sure that you're clear with yourself on where you stand on what's important and you know, what your values are, what causes you feel drawn towards. It's also important to make sure that in posterity, you don't, you're not playing a game of telephone with your future self or a game of telephone with those who come after you and build upon what you're establishing. Saturn retrograde is saying, Hey, those foundations, we just laid them. Let's let the cement dry and make sure that any like footprints or paw prints that got stuck in it also get filled in before we start building the rest of this, this structure. And like I said, we have through October with this retrograde and then the starting to build the structure post shadow phase is through next January. So this is a ton of time. If there's one thing Saturn is totally okay with you doing, it's taking your time to really think something over until it has curated enough. Um, So no pressure as many people tend to feel with like a mercury retrograde, which is a quicker thing. This one is, is not pressure to get it done right now. It's, pressure to remain authentic and in your integrity. It is a standard to be held and upheld. So I really don't know why I had to start off with that as like the first thing we dive into, but I hope it resonates. I hope that it's helping you realize that what you believe in what's important to you is worth the investigation and is worth the research to create a value and a belief system that supports you regardless of what what comes up in your life outside. Absolutely. And I think it's really important to um, retrograde t- tends to be a scary word because mm-hmm. of Mercury retrograde. Everyone's like, no, like we don't want it to go retrograde, which is fair. Like we totally understand that. That being said, though, the energy of this, especially when I look at it, it's slow. It's contemplative. It is. Hey, let's think about it. Hey, let's work through it first before we act on it, um, which is not any of the negative air quotes things that we have come to associate with like any retrograde mercury retrograde venus retrograde especially venus retrograde is brutal mm-hmm. um but this is not that energy at least from what i can see in it in mm-hmm. the space um and making plans are okay and it's a very much a make a plan energy so yeah we've entered into it we're officially there if you're sitting in it if you're starting to feel pushed to make plans or if you're starting to feel pushed to really like think things through or really get contemplative yes Yes, this is that time. Yes. And in fact, even more so, um, because with this, let me just double check what I'm 
saying here, because I know later this month, and I'm double checking if it's this week or next week, um, we also have Neptune, which actually at the end of the month, very end of June, will also be going retrograde. Now, Saturn and Neptune are really far out there. So again, that's going to be quite a long retrograde, which we'll talk about more. But the point of bringing it up now is just to know that sometimes going inward is not the worst thing that can happen. And uh, I had a TikTok question today about explaining retrogrades a little bit. And to that person, I hope you're listening now. I'll try to cover it in a minute on TikTok, but the brief is basically a retrograde isn't the planet suddenly turning and cursing you. It's the planet slowing down from our perspective and appearing to go backwards. Truly by observation, that is all that's happening. Now, interpretively, and this is drawn from Vedic astrology, but I love it as a great image to remember is for the personal planets, such as Mercury and Venus. This is also the time when the planet passes between the sun and earth. So as the planet is closer to us, so our experiences are closer to personal rather than more external. So it's a time of going inward. Neptune, a time of developing your own faith, your own peace, your own uh, sense of spirituality. Saturn, a time of developing your own structures, your own values, your own things that will support you as you go out into the world and help to establish other structures. It's the microcosm that supports your macrocosm when you then turn your actions external. And that's really all it is. Yeah. <laughs> Which is actually really helpful. Sometimes right. it's a pain in the ass, but it's well, the curtain just fell. I'll fix that in a second. Um, but it is still very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so as again, Mercury is direct and we can celebrate in that things that are feeling that we're feeling quite personal and things that were being redressed for us are now moving forward. And that's, that's something nice. We're actually in this, uh, this week going to be laying the final foundations on the post shadow phase of Mercury retrograde. So that curtain falling was actually nice. It gave you more light in your room. It kind of did. Yeah. Like, actually, it's not too bad. So for everyone who isn't watching the YouTube, or maybe if you are, um, I'm at a and b right now. So everything is a little bit wonky for me on this <laughs> side. So if I sound weird, that's why. If I look weird, that is also why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, just for reference, I was like, oh, the curtain fell because it was like a light on my face. And now it actually looks kind of better in here. So we're going to leave it. But um, yeah, yeah, I love that. Um. Yeah, so there's a lot of interesting energy coming up this week, and there is a full moon coming our way, which Mm -hmm. is exciting, um, because it's the first full moon since eclipse season, so we actually get to shed things, which is really nice, Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) plus we're out of retrograde and all of that, so I just kind of want us to dive in on that space, I think, because there's a lot of astrology stuff and a lot of energy stuff that we see coming up that we can really take advantage of, so. Yeah. And it is a full moon in Sagittarius and Sagittarius. One of the key words that I love associating with Sagittarius. And I love having a reminder of, especially these days is optimism. (laughs) So this episode brought to you by the word optimism, (laughs) we're going to really lean into that. Um, And if you want, I can start kind of talking about the transits going on around it and leaning into the actual energy of the full moon. And we can have a discussion on that if you'd like. Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. When is the full moon? What's the specific date? 
So I want to start with Mercury coming into Gemini again, because Mercury will be direct and domicile in Gemini. So I will be looking to make Mercury talismans. If you're looking into writing goals or signing contracts or all those mercurial things, taking nice travel trips and things, then that's a very good time for travel because this full moon is also in Sagittarius, which is ruled by Jupiter and Sagittarius is the journeyer of the Zodiac, which is fun. On the 10th, Mercury is going to trine Pluto. This happened before uh, in late April and then in late May when it was retrograde. So on the 25th of May, anything that came up around that time is probably going to be getting its final pass now. And this is just an effortless integration or application of internal transformation in your values, your finances, just money beliefs that may have been limiting you that now are, you're actually seeing the results of having pulled or released. So that's actually kind of nice, right? Um, yeah. And then on the 11th, it's interesting that we, oh, go ahead. It's, it's interesting that we, when we get a transit like that, because it's kind mm-hmm. of rare where they deal specifically with money. Well, it's ways. that comes from the fact that it's taking place with Earth signs, Pluto being in Capricorn, and Mercury in particular being in Taurus. Taurus yeah. likes the resources. And um, I bring in finances and money because it just feels like these two energies and it can show up in any kind of resources or governances or things like that. Mercury brings it really personal. So the typical archetype you'd go for is, oh, your personal resources. That would be something that you use in the context of finances, food, all those things. Yeah. Yeah. It's just very interesting. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. It- Astrology even supports you there. And I feel like sometimes oh, yeah. people really disconnect the physicality of money from the mm-hmm. spirituality that is astrology. And like, it feels very separate, but there's even transits that support that, which I think yeah. is really neat. Yeah. Especially with Pluto saying, Hey, like, let's, let's separate the meaning from this for a second and let it just be the energy that it is, which is a great way of working on your, uh, understanding of money energetically being, as you point out all the time. And I totally agree with a form of trust and, and, uh, indicator of where you place value. And so having that higher transpersonal perspective of Pluto retrograde, making this more about the meaning of it rather than the tangible fungible tokens <laughs> um i think that that's really helpful yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah this is your reminder money and trust the energy is the same when i look at it money mm-hmm. is just trust made tangible in this lifetime so if you're working on trust blocks then you're probably going to see some financial shifting happening and things getting better for you in those finance spaces as well as if you just are working on money blocks around this transit so yeah plug yeah in there they always and- go hand in hand Absolutely. Where we put money in the, in the house system is usually in the second house. And it's also the same place that you would put any other resources, whether they're tangible or intangible that support your immediate livelihood. And so money's just one of those. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's exactly that. And it's the same. And it's fun fact, side note, if you think about the way money and food work, they really do work the same. It's about intake versus outtake and output Mm -hmm. and volume of creating a sense of balance and health. And it's just this really great thing. When I uh, started learning and understanding nutrition, I was like, oh, it's like a bank account. And that made everything click because I realized that they were kind of uh, parallels of each other. And speaking of Taurus and Venus and all of those things on the 11th, Venus will conjoin Uranus and Taurus. So this is a, um, I've been calling it like a lifestyle audit. (laughs) And again, 
a couple days before, a couple days after, you'll probably start feeling this. You may already be seeing indicators of it in your life, but Uranus can be surprising or um, I'm putting it in sort of an HGTV context on my skits where it's a renovation. It's updating the decoration. The last time they conjoined turns out to be April, 2021. And so things that happened around then may be rhyming now, spiraling upwards, building upon what, what came before. And this can be in your relationships, fi- uh, finances, valuables, resources, livelihood, your aesthetic, you know, just the things that make you feel comforted, supported, indulgent. Uh, there may be surprises in, in how those show up for you now. And you're focusing on the future, which is another thing that Uranus kind of likes. It's the, how can we make this feel fresh and new? And how can we be thinking far ahead? And so Uranus is saying, hey, who do we want to be next year? And how can we start living like we have that now so that when next year gets here, we've we've got it made. And I, uh, I really like that as sort of like the whole manifesting technique being embodied in this uh, this aspect going on. Mm-hmm. I like that too. That's really awesome. Yeah. It's right funny. before the full like moon. What was happening? in april last year which feels like seven years ago for no mm-hmm. reason <laughs> it just feels so far it just away. feels a long time um, yeah one interesting thing i was on a trip april of last year and i'm going on a very similar trip this year right around the same transit so that's pretty interesting mm-hmm. but it was just whenever you say that i'm like huh like the energy does feel similar and i totally get that but like tangibly i always try to think of what that is so i hope i encourage all of our listeners to do the same because yeah i think you'll be surprised well and i encourage listeners to keep a journal because then you yeah. have record i do this every day i actually have a, an astro- astrology planner so i see the transits i write down what happened that day and then next time the transit happens i can go back to the last day see what i did that day and see how the story is unfolding because that's really what it is yeah that's really cool yeah, yeah. And then on the 14th, to answer your question, finally, (laughs) on the 14th, that is when the full moon in Sagittarius occurs. It will be at 7.52 a.m. here on the East Coast. Um, So if you're someone who likes to do full moon things at night, you will be totally fine. I'm going to double check some nitty gritty details here, but you'll be totally fine doing it either that night or the night before. Pick whichever one works best for you, Um, because if you think about the full moon and the the window of opportunity for it, uh, you have, if you want to get the increasing energy of a full moon, which is not where I would normally place myself, just thinking about electional astrology and astrological magic and stuff, I would do it in the separating energy because the energy is there and you could take it and, and do things and it's not as afflicted when it's separating because technically the, the moon is in opposition to the sun. That's an affliction. So in astrological magic, we wouldn't be creating any talismans for that because it's afflicted. But if you're doing releasing and these these other practices, you could easily do it the night after. So you could do it on the 14th or you could do it on the 13th because the moon is considered to be full for as long as it is within that 15 degree on either side of the sun. Um, and that gives you a day, give or take on either side. So that's why I usually consider it like a three-day process or a two or three-day process. So it's if you've seen this um, on the 14th, you haven't missed it. If you've seen it before the 14th, good job. You get to pick. But yeah, so as far as like the timing thing, that's where I would put um, my energy and you can do what feels right for you and what feels appropriate to your purposes. Taking care to just be aware of everything. That's all. 
yeah. It's interesting that you say that. Um, when I was, a, I used to be, I don't know how I've talked about this on this particular podcast before, but I used to be a very um, actively practicing Hellenic polytheist or mm-hmm. practicing of Hellenismos, which is the modern revival of the ancient Hellas religion. And I did that for a long time. I don't do it anymore, but they have a three day, essentially monthly holiday over the course of the full moon. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first day is to release things and you like take your jar and you, which was filled with last month's food stuff that like kept you safe and all this stuff that's dedicated to Zeus. And you like dump that out and you clean it out and there's a bunch of ritual stuff you do there. And then the next day you like refill it basically once it's been sat for a little while empty, you refill it with like new stuff to keep you safe for the next month. And then the last day is like dedicated to like the household spirits. So then you like spend that last day, like talking and making sure your house is okay. But I always think it's interesting when you talk about like the different interesting parallels that come up. Yeah. Yeah. So with a full moon it always whenever people really get intense about the direct like when is it exact i'm always like it doesn't really matter like the energy is so expansive it's very rare where it's like you need this full moon exact to do xyz thing well and i always feel like if you're getting that um drilled into the the details when you're just trying to align yourself with energy you're actually creating so much attachment to the details that you're taking yourself out of alignment with the energy because yeah. it is about the energy verifying and validating your experience as much as it is about you saying you bending your will to the universe or you know there is a balance of both and i think that the idea of being seated at the table with divine energy and creation creative energy is much more appealing than having to lower yourself beneath that creative energy god source the universe however it is and there's a lot of faiths that do practice in that context as well Mm-hmm. Fully agree. Yeah. Fully agree. Awesome. So, talk so, more yeah. about the moon itself. What's its energy? Because it, so, it feels weird. I'm not going to lie. Okay. So, what you may be feeling is because it's so funny after 2020, I'm always like, this looks kind of good, but am I missing something? Because you remember when I explained 2020, I was like, oh, it's just going to be a big sneeze. We're building up to it. We get the itch in our nose. We sneeze and then we recover from the sneeze, whatever. And a lot of astrologers, learned a lesson from that to not take astrology lightly and not to, and if something looks big to say, Hey, this could be big, or it could be this, like, this is, there are, there's a spectrum to how we might experience this. Um, so this one obviously is just a full moon. It's not as big as a Saturn Pluto conjunction in Capricorn, but we do have the moon in a uh, in Sagittarius in a T square with the sun and with Neptune. And so what this is saying, the sun is opposing the moon and then Neptune is at the corner kind of looking at both of them, creating this cross purpose and this area of um, I'm going to call it intention. So it calls your attention to it. And the whole idea of Sagittarius is expanse and broadening of your mind. And Neptune actually kind of agrees with that. So it's ignoring the minutia for a grander vision. We lately, and I say this for me personally, and for an experience that I've perceived in the collective, maybe you've personally experienced this too. However, there seems to be a picking something and sticking to it and then tunnel visioning on it that the context gets lost and the message is lost. And then the connection from one human soul to another is lost. And it just creates bogged down energy in this full moon. We have this T square saying, Hey, try to just 
open your mind a little bit. If something comes up, look at a big picture. We've lost sight of big pictures in a lot of ways. So this is kind of creating problems where we have to look at big pictures. And the sun is currently in Gemini. So it, talking about it might help. Writing about it might help. We're also still looking at the ruler of the lunation being in Sagittarius. That means that Jupiter is the ruler of the lunation. Jupiter is in Aries. <laughs> And uh, still having that go big or go home kind of, you know, I'm going to ride this, this grocery cart off of a ramp feeling. And it's still quite close to Mars, who is instigating that for sure. If you uh, remember, Emily, your interpretation of the conjunction between Mars and Jupiter, I thought it was really well stated with the divine rage. For me, it was it was the go big or go home. I'm going to do something. I I'm going to try to remember to think about the consequences, but it's a leap before you look or, um, Rick Levine, who has a lot of Aries placements likes to explain Aries, uh, energy as ready fire aim. Think about that in a, in a joking context, as much as in any context that comes up for you and see how that meaning influences what you feel driven to do. Um, but that overambitious, optimistic, shirking the consequences, I'll um, ask forgiveness rather than permission kind of energy. So we have that happening in Aries and it's been happening, but now it's the energy that's ruling this full moon as well. So when you're thinking about releasing, we're releasing inhibitions, we're releasing fixation on minutiae, we're getting a bigger picture and we're learning to draw in ambition if you're going to be op ambitious about something, be ambitious about optimism, be driven to be optimistic, be like go for, or go home, finding the positive that you can put your energy into and remove your energy from the things that are not put your energy into what is expansive. It is, if it is something that makes your world feel smaller or makes your heart feel smaller, take your energy out of that and put it instead on what you want to see more of. That's my biggest thing because we also have Mars and Aries at this point conjunct Chiron. Now you've probably heard me mention Chiron a little bit. It's the wounded healer is a nice archetype for it, but Chiron trained the heroes. Think about that, right? Chiron is the centaur in uh, Greek lore and mythology that trained all of the heroes. And also, you know, centaurs came back into other things that I learned a lot of fascinating things about last week. But the fact that Chiron not only is the wounded healer, but trained the heroes because you, you learn best from example, you learn best of the people you're helping by knowing what they're going through and knowing them and being able to speak to them on that personal level. Um, so there's the possible sacrificed himself to save Prometheus, which is like yes. a whole other level too. Like, yeah. Well, also led to Hercules' downfall was another, uh, I think it was Nessus was a centaur that led to Hercules actually having um, Hercules's downfall. But so you can see how heroes rising or falling, waning or waxing um, definitely were involved with these centaur um, characters in the stories. And now we have Ares and Mars, ultimately someone who wants to be a hero, right? Coming to Chiron. Now your choice is, am I coming to Chiron for healing or am I coming to be trained as a hero? And what does hero look like? Because there is the possibility with Mars conjunct Chiron to feel defensive 
which can lead to an aggressive feeling, or you can feel defensive and you can take that Neptune and say, Hey, I can see a higher meaning in this. You can take that Sagittarius and say, Hey, I can broaden my experience with this. And then you can turn that into something that becomes a superpower, like a training montage. And you can do something with it that actually benefits the world and yourself on a personal level, because you shouldn't sacrifice yourself to heal others. It's taking the things, you know, in order to share it with others. Uh, additionally, we do have, again, a retrograde Saturn offering that sextile with this lunation. Um, Mercury is back in Gemini and Venus is conjunct Uranus, as we talked about. But Saturn is another one that's saying, hey, turn this inward. Don't forget what we've built. Don't forget where you've come from. Don't let your ambition rewrite the narrative that you're building upon. And I think that that's really helpful. So the general interpretation after all of that is this is a time of acting before thinking of others and possibly going a bit too far. But since you're listening to this, I don't think you have to worry about that as much because you've heard it now. So you have this foreknowledge. If you're going to release, release the fixation on the small things, release the powerlessness and release the, the need to harm yourself or, you know, wound yourself in order to be good enough to help others. Mm -hmm. You can be a hero in training or even at the culmination of your training, rather than someone who is wounded or does the wounding. Mm -hmm. And there is this lovely distinction between the two. So the affirmation is, um, because I think this is the biggest fear that comes up that prevents us for that. The affirmation is what is for me will never miss me. And I will never miss it. Even though things seem to be going really quickly and moving really quickly right now, you haven't missed anything because if it's for you, it will call you, it will wait for you. It will make you move. I've seen it happen over and over and over again, and I know that it would happen for anybody who's listening to this as well. So this is a time to dream big, think through all the steps, plan your, your course to success, and visualize the best outcome where it's a win-win for everybody involved. I agree with all of that energy when I look at it too. It feels just perfect and dead on. It also feels very divinely timed. Of course it is for yeah. the things that we are going to be asked to step up to the plate to over summer. Mm. And as I look at the energy, there's a lot of that, like, oh, guess what? You have to step up to this. Oh, no. Yep. Collectively, we have to step up to this. Individually, we have to step up to this. So this mm -hmm. is the moon to release anything that is stopping you from being able or willing to step up when you're asked to. Yeah. Yeah. Sneak preview to the summer solstice interpretation. We're really learning to discern where we give our energy and what we say yes to. Yeah. And that's not surprising. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So start a little mini reassess of what you're yeah. doing in your life and what you would like to be doing and what things need to go and what things need to stay and what things are fulfilling and what things are draining and what things you're doing for other people's benefit and what things you're doing for your own and those kind of things. Cause mm -hmm. that is really what it's looking like. Yep. And it's a great idea when all else fails, if you feel super stuck, what is, what is feeling the most fun right now? Because fun in its truest, purest sense doesn't hurt anybody else. And it also helps you find your alignment because if it's fun for you, then it's something you're here to be good at or to do or all of those things. So allowing yourself to have fun will shake off some of the uh, dour energies that come along with just looking at the world and asking, holy crap, what do we do with this? <laughs> You'll find more solutions, more answers, probably closer to you than you thought. And you can start doing that. 
and making massive impacts on, on uh, smaller scales that ripple outward. You don't have to save the whole world all at once in one fell swoop. You have us here to help you. <laughs> we also want to be saving the world. Don't worry. Um, and we are taking our own advice just as much as we're trying to give it out. Um, oh, yeah. I had to Most count how many times on this podcast. It is literally us just being like, this is what we think that you should do, Krista, or this is what yeah. I think you should do, Emily. And we're just like, okay. And like changing notes, like we do the exact same thing that we're recommending to you guys because it mm-hmm. is genuinely us channeling for ourselves too. So yeah, sometimes like you'll catch us looking at each other on the recording and you'll be able to point out, oh, they were channeling that for each other, but it's also for everybody. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but there's a lot of really interesting energy. It does feel a little bit, um, like we're still healing almost from Mercury retrograde. Mm -hmm. Like when I feel that energy space, it does feel a lot of like, okay, we're still navigating through that. So if you're still feeling like you're picking up the pieces of the things that got cracked and broken during retrograde, yep. Just Mm going to say that again. Yes, absolutely. You are, um, you're helping you're, you know, connecting back again. You're still navigating misunderstandings. You're coming to new conclusions based on things that happened over retrograde. So just know that because we're still in the shadow phase and also just the energy of collective in general, like that's a lot of things you're going to be doing still Mm -hmm. this week. Yep. And don't, Mm -hmm. don't beat yourself up for any cracks. There's this great, um, this great poem that was shared by one of my favorite teachers recently. Um, I'm trying to see if I can look it up so I can uh, tell you who, who wrote it, but it's something along the lines of like, don't, don't be afraid of the cracks. That's how the light gets in. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, Oh, if I've ever, I've heard something that gives you the permission to have your crack your <laughs> to have to allow that crack in you to be there to allow that those imperfections to be your perfections uh i think that it's definitely that's definitely one of them it's the poem embrace your essence by leonard cohen there is a crack in everything that's how the light gets in it was part of a um a talk from kelly Surtees at norwalk and i thought it was beautiful so definitely wanted to share that with everybody that's really cool. I appreciate that a lot. Also, Krista has a very big announcement and we I do. Will have another big <laughs> announcement next week too. So we have a couple announcements coming up for you, but this announcement I'm prompting um, them to You're make such a good friend. They need to celebrate themselves. So Krista, <laughs> do it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So uh, if you've been following me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, you've already seen this announcement. I need to get on posting it to TikTok. Um, I haven't been able to say it out loud without kind of squeeing yet, but Many of you know that both Emily and I have passions for storytelling, and I have drawn that into my astrology practice in a way that has gained some recognition, and I've spoken on it a few times, and I've really started to structure it into a practice and a method and a technique that has been um, played with a little bit in our Forgotten Storytellers program, but is expanding to be an even more astrologically centric fun thing to do, incorporating astrology, magic, and healing through story. And I get to give a talk that's going to explain a lot about it and preface the book that I am writing on exactly how to write a story in this way. So you'll be able to access that as well. And this talk is being given at this really incredible astrological magic conference called Astromagia. It is Astromagia 2022 I am one of the speakers and I could not be more thrilled and honored. This is a culmination of things that are beyond what I could have dreamed of. And um, 
I use it as an example of how post Saturn return, you look back on Saturn return and you're like, oh, thank God I didn't get what I thought I wanted my whole life because this is better than I dreamed. And uh, I could always talk about that too, but this will be the weekend of October 8th. And I do in my little links on all of my social pages, have a coupon code or a special code for anybody that wants to, to get 15% off of the conference. So you'll be able to access that. And yeah, I'm, I'm a speaker at an astrological conference. And apparently that's a good thing because my phone was just like, yeah, you are. And did a little fanfare for me. So (laughs) it's a super good thing. It's also like the number one, like astrological magic conference at period. <laughs> and it's virtual. So, so it's that's virtual. really good. Yeah. I'm going to be speaking alongside and in the same program as literally everyone that I admire in the astrological magic world. And I have to give out uh, the strongest sense of gratitude to JD Kelly for organizing it, making it happen and being such a magnet for these wonderful minds and allowing me to be a part of it. So if you're interested in astrological magic, if you want to hear Krista's talk, go ahead and check that out. It is so exciting and I could not be more stoked for you. Probably going to be the giddiest speaker that weekend for sure. (laughs) It'll be amazing. It'll be amazing. But thank you all so much. We hope that you um, are really being kind to yourself over the past couple of weeks and that you're really honoring yourself um, as we're navigating through all of this fun Mm -hmm. stuff that's coming up. Uh, Thank you for, for being here. Oh, what? Also, um, pitches for the Forgotten Storytellers are still open as of, you know, the rest of June. So if you have a story that you'd like to pitch to us, that is still available and you can still reach us with that. Uh, Forgotten Storytellers at Gmail or just go on the link in our bios or wherever you find us and you'll be able to pitch us there. Yeah, ForgottenStorytellers.com. That's it. Um, that's the link. <laughs> Go that's there, ForgottenStorytellers.com, and you can pitch us. Uh, but yeah, if you have an idea for a high vibration story, fiction book, it is fiction book. Um, we don't do any nonfiction, and we don't tend to do any fictionalized memoir sort of situation. So if it's like your life story, but you'd like to make yourself a character, it tends to be not what we're aligned with. So it's like fiction ideas, novel ideas. Um, and yeah, we help you write them in alignment with your astrological divine timing, your higher mm-hmm. self and your spirit guides. And it is real fun. It <laughs> is real fun. Yeah. Um, we would love to have you. Absolutely. Yes. And we hope that today and for the rest of this week, you head out and you Go Go make make some some magic. magic.